Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On this episode, I had a listener reach out to me with a story. His name is Ryan Talley. He talks to us about Spartan racing and being on the street team. Hope you enjoy it. Ryan Talley, what is up, brother? Hey, what's going on, Scott? Not a whole lot, man. Not a whole lot, man. So, uh, you reached out to me, man, and said that you had a story to tell, man, but before we start that, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like, how old are you, and where are you from? What kind of drugs you're selling? Right. Well, uh, n- nothing, uh, nothing illicitly illegal. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'm 34. Uh, I've been in, uh, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. I've been here since 2004. I'm originally from Kingman, Arizona. Um... Yeah, I got into Spartan racing by 2015. I had, um, well, I guess let me back up. I was always kind of a, I always played, you know, played sports growing up, played baseball, football, you know, dabbled in some basketball and some wrestling and soccer. Yeah. Um, but pretty much right out of high school, came to Vegas chasing the construction work, got into the uh, Carpenters Union, started an apprenticeship. Oh. And, uh, you know, over the years, kind of, you know, once I, Got married, settled down, kind of got uh, got a lot of shape. Uh, got a lot out of shape. And then my wife, uh, this is about the end of 2014. Uh, she, uh, I joined. I took like a little group on for like a 30 day uh, group on for a local out- company that did like an outdoor boot camp in the park. Yeah. And uh, it was like 30 bucks. I figured, you know, I don't use it. It's only 30 bucks, but I actually stuck with it. And about that time, she was. Uh, my wife said, you know, hey, we should we should run this Tough Mudder. And, uh, like, I vaguely knew what Tough Mudder was. I knew that, you know, you crawled in the mud and you got zapped and you hit freezing water. And I was like, are you sure you want to do that? Do you, really, <laughs> you know what that is? And uh, so, so you know, we were like, all right, let's let's do it. And that, that was until, like, the following October. So we had, like, 10 months to train. Oh, wow. And, uh, but uh, in the meantime, while I was kind of sticking with that boot camp and getting in, you know, slowly getting in shape, I had a buddy call me and said, hey, I'm doing this thing called Spartan Race in March. You know, I was like, what is Spartan Race? So he showed me, you know, he sent me the link and uh, you know, another group on. I was like, all right, I'm in. And uh, so, you know, spent a couple months kind of learning about what Spartan was and, and training for that. And so I did my first Spartan in Vegas in uh, 2015, the Super. Uh, had a blast. Um, my buddy uh, almost... Uh, Threw too much dirt on him, but he didn't train quite as well as me. I ended up uh, leaving him out there on the course to die. So y'all started the race together, but you left him because he was falling behind. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was going to stay with him. You know, I was like, no, I'm with you, man. He's like, no, no, man, just just go. You know, so we had our little, like, you know, wounded soldier in the battlefield thing, and I kind of just, you know, closed his eyelids and left him there and kept going. Just go! Save yourself! Yep. <laughs> I think we, I actually had a story kind of like that too, me and some guys, we went and did our first beast together and uh, one of the guys that went with us, he was just falling way behind and going real slow and and me and the other guys, we were we were already hurting pretty bad and we were just ready to get it over with so we kind of, we kind of just left him behind and uh, it was a, it was the Ohio beast in 20, 2015 and uh so he doesn't even run the races with us anymore. He did it for like the first, he did it in 2015 and he ran maybe two races in 2016. And uh, so we left him and, you know, we drove like 12 hours all the way to Ohio. And so after that race was over, you know, it was still kind of fresh on his mind and celebratory and he was happy. We went out to eat. And so like when we went back to the hotel room, I guess it sunk into him. They freaking left me, and so I'm not kidding you. He sat in the back of the car and said, like, 
like hardly nothing the whole way home, 12-hour drive. It was a long 12-hour drive. <laughs> yeah. And me and my buddy Joel, we were in the front seat, and we were just, you know, acting like nothing was going on. It's like we were getting silent treatment, you know? And we're like, you know, what can you do? Screw <laughs> you guys, man. Yeah, so he's actually works in my building because I work maintenance for uh, like a hospital, and he's like one of the uh, PAs in there. So I, I see him every day. <laughs> right on. So you're still friends, it like. Oh yeah, we're still friends. We still talk and all. But he got pretty upset with us that that weekend. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't leave him behind anymore after that. So, how did you feel crossing that finish line for the first time, man? Well, it was kind of bittersweet. So, the final obstacle was the Tarzan swing. Ooh, I remember that. You know, 50 feet from the fire jump in the finish line. So, you know, I got to sit there and do 30 burpees soaking wet while I'm watching everybody else jump over the fire. That was a pretty tricky obstacle. Dude, you know... Yeah, because right yeah, I think the first, ah, it was the first three or four times I failed it, you know, and I finally got it in Ohio at that beast where I was just telling you about. That was the one time yeah. I did get it, but I know I failed it four times before I got it. It's like you said, you have to be like mad gripping that rope when it comes to the bottom of that swing, man. Otherwise, it's just going to slide right out of your hands. Yeah, that was, that was the, you know, and grip obstacles have kind of always been, you know, at least not as much recently as I'm getting better, but yeah, the grip obstacles were always the ones that I, you know, just couldn't, you know, I'd have burbing out on a lot of them, so I always wanted a rematch on that obstacle, but honestly, I, I, that was the only time I ever saw it. I, I think it's pretty much phased out now. Yeah, I think they took it away after 2015. I, had, I never saw it again after that. It was about the same time they quit putting the water up underneath the rope climb. I miss that too. Yeah, they had that in Vegas. That didn't help. Uh, they, <laughs> you know, you got that rope all nice and wet, and all the water whipped up, and then you're supposed to try to climb it. Yeah, and I heard be there too. So. Yeah. So did your did your wife run that race there too? My wife didn't run that race. Um, she was uh, you know, she was kind of. We were getting ready for tough water later. We actually ran one a couple months later. There's a little local kind of grassroots race called Badass Dash. Yeah, um, I think I've heard of that. And they've kind of, yeah, I don't know if they're, I don't think they're low. I think they're, you know, they're, just, they're not a huge, you know, big name. But it was cool. It was like your, you know, like a terrain race and, uh, you know, that kind of your caliber of a race. And we did that one together with a couple friends. So that was like her first OCR, our first one, you know, together. Um, and, you know, we had some fun. We ran it with the group, you know, and kind of, you know, just took it easy, kind of helped each other with the obstacles, had a good time. So what you're saying yeah, is, is you, did, you, did, you didn't run off and leave your wife, is what you're saying, right? What's that? You didn't run off and leave your wife. No, no, I didn't leave her on that one. <laughs> I stuck with her. Smart man. So is she into, is she, is she into OCR as, as strongly as you are? Oh, dude, yeah. She actually, uh, I told awesome. my buddy the other day, she's chipped me, you know, more races than I and I'm scared to admit uh, no way she uh yeah she's uh her last four out of five races have been she cracked the top ten in age group I think she got uh, that's awesome. sixth in Big Bear last year oh that's awesome uh, home, maybe to Home Ranch the the last beast of the last beast that we did in October of uh, 18 well that was another so, like yeah, she's, Southern she's California race right what's that wasn't that a, a Southern California beast yeah so we've we pretty much we're, we're from Vegas, so we've we've done all the SoCal races, the Vegas, the, the Phoenix, Arizona, um, you know everything. We're kind of West Coast races. We're we're trying right. to broaden ourselves, get a little further from home, get some of these new races in. 
but yeah, we primarily have just done everything on this side. Cool. And you said that you're in the carpentry work, and I just interviewed uh, Cody. And uh, didn't you tell me that you knew him too? Yeah, it's it's funny, and you know, he's actually from the interview. I didn't know he's born and raised in Vegas, and we're we're about a year apart. So, and I got in the apprenticeship right out of high school. I was about eighteen or nineteen. So, depending on when he got in, dude, we've probably been running the same circles for years. We've probably been on the same job sites. Probably yeah. went to school at the same time. But I, cool. I never met him until about a year ago. Um, I don't know if I met him at a race first because he, he runs in the same shirt and it's got the Carpenters Union logo on it. Oh yeah. I don't know if I saw him at a race or if I saw him on Instagram. But uh, it's been about a year since we met and pretty much see him at every race and you know kind of keep touch, keep in touch with him on the you know his Facebook and the Instagram. And, How big is that we, Carpenters Union out there? How big is that Carpenters Union out there? It's probably pretty big. You know what? It's, it's, you know, the, the city is always, uh, you know, kind of, it's always a flux. You, know, you go through your booms and then it gets low. When I came to town, it was booming. You know, there were cranes all up and down the strip. You could, you know, it was real easy to find work. And, right. you know, then when the economy kind of took a dump, and, you know, around 08 and 09, it started to thin out. Hmm. And uh, that's actually, at that point, in about 2011, I transitioned over from uh, the Carpenters to actually took a job at one of the casinos. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, there, there weren't a whole lot of buildings being built, so you took right. what you could get. And uh, so I kind of transitioned over into the building maintenance side of things now. So Well, that's, that's kind of uh, what I do. I do it for a hospital, though. Yeah, that, that's what you're saying. It sounds like we're kind of on a similar, uh, you know, similar line of work. I don't do any carpentry work. If I do, it's very little, and I hate it. I hate working with wood. It messes up too easy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know, Cody's more of a finished carpenter. You know, they, they do a lot of the, you know the millwork and the, the wood. And I was always on the framing side. Right. You know, it's all metal stud and, and industrial. Yeah, you know, it is. Stud and drywall. And so we're two very opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, in carpentry. Man, and that's one thing I hate is the two buildings that I'm over. They have those metal studs in it, and when you go and hang stuff on the wall, man, they strip out so quick. Those metal studs are so thin. Yeah can't stand that crap so you always have to toggle something up most of the time that's funny uh, cody um you know, we, we were in the same age group we're about the same age and he's kind of every time i'm at a race i see him you know and i can and i kind of like okay he's a good racer you know he plays as well i'm gonna try to catch up to him i'm gonna you know he's kind of my routed and um right there been there was a couple i think tahoe uh we, we raced on Sunday for the Beast in Tahoe last year, which was an awesome, awesome race. Right. But a couple miles in, I, I can see him up ahead. I'm like, oh, I'm actually, I'm catching up to Cody. I'm just, you know, I'm actually doing all right. And then I get to the point where I actually passed him, and then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on fire. I'm like, all right, I'm ahead of them. I must be, you know, I'm doing good. And then I rip my finger on the Olympus. Oh. I, I passed the Olympus, but I ripped it open. And the very next obstacle was the rope. Oh man! And I'm like, I couldn't get, I couldn't get up. I was bleeding all over the rope, and I was like, all right, just do my burpees. And I'm barely five or six burpees in, and he comes flying by, flies up the rope, oh, and man. I never saw him again. I was just like, damn. So I see him after the race, and I'm talking to him. And he's like, oh yeah, man, I just ran the race yesterday, and I'm kind of sick, and I'm trying to save myself <laughs> for the ultra beast in two weeks. So I was like. Oh, okay. Good race, man. <laughs> so, so he was, you know, he was pacing himself, and here I am, was, you know, throwing everything I have, thinking I'm, you know, catching him, and he was just, you know, he was on fifty percent. Well, at least so, you didn't like. Yeah, he's when, my rabbit. I chase him every race. Well, at least you didn't like when you run past him. You know, the first time you didn't say something like, "I hope you brought your wood screws because I'm fixing to blow your doors clean off." You know. <laughs> <laughs> so no, not like that. Let me ask you something. When you cut your hand open on Olympus, was it you cut it open when you put your hand through a hole? No, you know what I, I so I watched a, a video a while back. I think it was Joe Di, you know, showing his technique with the chains. And um, I only do chains. Yeah, I'm all chains. And I think I just it must have been like the last two or three, you know, one of the last rungs. I think not so much a cut, but I just just like ripped my pinky just I don't know if I yanked off a callus or what but it was just huh. 
just filleted right open. You know, maybe the chain had a weird little burr on it. But, yeah, like a whale you know, burr or something. It was enough to screw me up. Wow. No, because I, I know before, I, I've put my hand, like, inside one of those wooden holes, and I'd, I'd swear I've, you know, my fingers have hitting like, a nail that's back in there before. You know, I didn't cut it, but I felt something sharp in there before. And I was just wondering if maybe that was how you cut yours, too. No, it, I, you know, I've tried the holes and the hand holes, and, you know, once I saw that video on the chains, Man, that's that's the only way I've done it, and I, you know, I haven't I haven't failed since. You know, I, you know, I said, you know what? I think I did fail at the next race in uh, SoCal, um, and I was so pissed because I had it, you know, and I just kind of like I was tired. It was towards the end. I was like, I dropped off. I'm like, man, was it really worth it for that thirty seconds of discomfort? Now I got to go sit there and do you know five minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. I was so mad. But since then, I haven't I haven't fallen off the Olympus yet. Yeah, did you see the photos yeah. of uh, the Chino race where they were showing they actually had, like, balls hooked to the very end of yeah. the uh, chains? I did see that. I, I'm kind of curious to see uh, if that's, you know, going to be the way moving forward. You know, I'll, I'll see you next week. I'm, I'm going down to Phoenix for the uh, Sprint Super. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm but curious to see if that help. might be something they do at all of them. And I want to say I saw a picture where they did that at a overseas race. I don't remember which one. But, you know, that's a that's kind of a game changer for that. Because like you said, you know, you can choke the chain right above that ball and you've got a solid, you know, grip that's not going to go away. So, And then there's another issue where if you stick with the holes and you're bringing your feet way up, are the balls going to get in the way of your feet, you know, so... It's gonna. It's gonna. You know what? I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's gonna be a game changer for you know. However, you do the Olympus Wall. I'm curious to see if it's gonna be in Jacksonville coming up. Yeah, I'm, I kind of would think that anything they debuted this weekend, you know, we might we might see throughout the season. You know, unless it's one of those, you know, like that. The, was that what was that obstacle they had? The rope ladder where the one guy got hurt and like and they pulled it right away. Oh man, that was uh, bad. That was bad. Yeah. I remember seeing that video. Yeah, he was all like the way at the top, fly, and he fell we'll down. I know, man. And when I saw that, it reminded me of that time. they There was some video like on YouTube where these guys shot like a like a stun dart on a bear, and the bear fell to the ground, and it was way up. Oh, man, it reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, man. You know that that guy was – if he didn't break anything, he was sore as heck for a month. But, now, where was it? Was that at Tahoe? Like, in 17? Is that where they had that obstacle? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, think so. Videos. I think it was just a, an average race. I don't think it was a big race or nothing like okay. that. But, and you know what? We did a bone frog in Charlotte, and they had an obstacle just like that. I don't even think it was a rope ladder. It was like a like a cable wire ladder, and it had little aluminum steps on it a little skinny ladder and it didn't quite go up as tall as that one but it went up high enough to where i was like yeah i see how that guy could have fallen from you know something like this because i mean it was that morning it was pretty cold and you know it was towards the end of the race and like i said it wasn't as high and i could see how somebody you know, that might not have been as in a good a shape could have gotten exhausted on cl- going up that. And if you were scared of heights, too, man, that just that just added more to the sketchiness of it. But, I mean, it's not really a whole lot different than the rope climb. I mean, the rope climb goes pretty ho- high, too. So Yeah, it's probably about the same high. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, you got to think about it in every form and fashion, or at least I try to, you know, when they say, well, we're going to shut this obstacle down because it's not safe. And and I, and I saw that ladder. I saw him fall, and it's unfortunate that that happened. And it is a sketchy obstacle, but you got to think, I mean, the rope climb's not a whole lot taller. And so, I mean, if you fall from the rope, I mean, you're going to have the same result. So, I mean, you kind of got the same demon there on that obstacle. Yeah. So. You know, not to downplay the guy's injury, but, you know, 
we do know what we're getting into. You know, yeah. we, we sign waivers. You know, I'm, we we know that you know there's a potential to uh, to get beat up out there. You know, right. it's nobody's nobody's forcing us to race. So, like I said, I hope the guy's okay. But uh, oh, me too. you know, it's just God. an inherent risk with OCR. Mm. Did you watch that episode of uh, Broken Skull Challenge when that guy fell from the top of the rope? Oh man. It was rough. I forget. No, I, don't I, think forg- I saw that one. I forget what his name was. Uh, Hunter McIntyre. They just went to the dude's house, and he's got this nice, like, indoor gym at his house, and he's got like that camouflage stuff, like you know, netting hanging from all the walls in his little indoor gym. I think it's Zach Vogel. I think is his name. If I, I might be wrong, but I think that's his name. He's he's man. He's ripped up. He's swole. Big guy. He was the only one that come close to catching Hunter's time, and he climbed that ro- rope all the way at the end of the bro- at the uh, the skull buster, I think is what they call it, and he fell from the top, man. Oh, it, man, I don't know how he got up from that and walked away, man. Yeah, it, it was pretty yeah, serious. We actually watched a lot of those skull busters. You know, we, dude, Hunter's time was just crazy. You know, we were just like, oh man, I don't think anybody can touch it. And I don't know, has he been dethroned or is he still the no, they canceled the show. He he never got dethroned. Oh, well, I, I guess he went out with the, you know on top. Yeah, I I couldn't believe they like, I couldn't believe they canceled it. Uh, I think so. No, we liked it. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it every time, but I I tried to watch it when I was at home and it was on. My schedule so screwed up. Uh, but yeah, so and me and a guy at work we were talking about so they pretty much haven't announced any dates for TMX for this year either you know it's because of in tough mutters already announced they weren't gonna have any payouts for none of their competitive heats for 2019 and i was just thinking dang man everything keeps closing out for hunter to m- make money <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah yeah i, I liked how the, the day after uh, tough mutter you know made that announcement spartan comes out and says you know hey <laughs> We're paying out more money. Yeah, we got two million dollars of prizes to give away, and I'm thinking shots fired, you know. Yeah, I was like, too soon or good timing, you know. <laughs> I saw where Kevin Donahue went underneath that post and said, "That's two million dollars more than Tough Mudder's giving out." Jeez. You know, and yeah, I hate I it's bad. It, it, I'm I'm afraid that it's gonna cast a shadow like, or a, a dark cloud over Tough Mudder just because, you know, no company wants bad publicity, and like it or not, that's bad publicity. And it, and it looks like they're having financial problems. And I've listened to a lot of the other podcasts and read stories where people have posted about it, and there's like, and they're saying, well, why did they take away the money for their flagship event for World's Toughest Mudder? And I'm thinking to myself, if you're in financial problems, Chances are the payout isn't the only place where they're trying to save money. They've probably thought this through a long process and thought, well, we got to cut money because we're in problems. And and it's just like Spartan. I mean, Spartan has been more competitive since the beginning, and Tough Mudders just started dabbling in that in the past two years. So Spartan makes their money off of the weekend warriors that, you know, the open heat runners. If it wasn't for the open heat runners, there wouldn't be an elite wave because, you know, I mean, like it or not, that's how they put on a good elite event is from the open runners that run it. I mean, yeah. and it's the same way with Tough Mudder. And so they're them saying we want to get back to our roots and just have the, the single lap, you know, 10 mile course and let everybody get out there and have a good time i mean it makes sense because you got to think from what i've heard on other podcasts they've talked about when they do a timing feature where they time each runner they they say that's like thousands of dollars they have to pay so they can you know have the equipment or whatever they got to do to do that so oh yeah you know i mean this stuff you get a guy that's doing 10 times trifecta with a season pass yeah. They're losing money on that guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like you say, in, in, in Tough Mudder, you know, 
you got to think. I I, I want to. I might be wrong because I want to say they said that there was. You know, you got all the open runners for world's toughest mutter, and then you got the. Uh, I think they're called elite contenders or competitive contenders or something like that. And I want to say there was like a thousand people there and only 150 of them were elite contenders. So, and you know, they only paid out the, you know, the top 10 or 15 or something like that. And then for a couple of teams. So you got to, I mean, I'm sure they're weighing out all the, you know, pros and cons and, of course, you know, it's bad. It's going to make people upset. And a lot of the top runners that do it for a living, they're not going to go. And I, and I don't blame them. I, if I was doing it for a living, I'm not going to go run a hundred mile race with obstacles and beat my body up when, you know, I could go run another race that I, I could make money at that's only like 10 or 13 miles. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I'm sure they hate that because that is an awesome race and they want to run it. But, you know, when you're Ryan Atkins, Lindsey Webster, or Rhea Coble, you know, that's their that's their living. Now, like Chris Mendoza, he's a dentist. So, I mean, for him to go there and do it for fun, I mean, that's a different story. Because he doesn't need the first place money to keep his livelihood going. I mean, it wouldn't matter for me anyway, because I'd be doing good just to finish 24 hours of it. <laughs> I for real. Have you, I, have you done a Tough butter yet? I've never done one. I follow it, yeah, and I listen to World's Toughest Podcast. I listen to every single episode of it, because I just like the way he does his podcast. And uh, I know a lot about it, even though I've never done one. I keep saying I'm going to do one, but man, they're, they're expensive races, and... I added up all the, and I know they got a pass. They got that Holy Grail pass, and I want to say it's like seven hundred bucks, and that lets you do a tougher, a toughest, and a world's toughest. And I think it's either seven or eight hundred bucks, and you can do those three races and get the Holy Grail. But if you're to sign up and just do world's toughest motor, the ticket's four hundred and fifty bucks. You have to pay, if you go and camp Friday night, there's another charge for that. And then if you go to the brunch, there's another charge for the brunch. And, because I looked at it, because it's in Atlanta, and I, I really want to do it. But after you pay for those three things, and I know you don't have to do that. You can just pay for the race, run the race, and don't camp Friday night, and don't go to the brunch. But it was like, it was really close to 700 bucks for that one race. I mean, you that's know, a, that's a age group season pass for Spartan. I mean, you could, that's good for the whole year. Yeah. It's a lot of money, you know? Yep. And that's, and that's what I've, that's what I did this year. I, I bought the age group pass. And, and not only that, you know, every, you know, everybody in Vegas, they had to wear a wetsuit and I've got a wetsuit, but I don't know if I could squeeze my fat ass into it anymore. So, <laughs> I mean, chances are, you know, you got to go, you might have to buy a wetsuit and you, you might could borrow one from somebody, but, so just think that might be another hundred, hundred and fifty bucks you gotta spend too. So it's it's an expensive race, you know. and yeah. you know, there's a lot of logistics behind it too and having a pit crew. Which I know they got like an orphan tent where they'll help you pit too, so but Yeah, I wanted to do uh you know, especially when it was here, you know. I mean it was it's a shame not to do it when it's in your backyard. Right. Uh you know, I wasn't, I don't think I was up to it physically at the time. Um, uh, but when I found out that, you know, last year was the last year, I was like, you know, man, I should just, just do it. Even if I, you know, even if I get out there and I'm dead last, right. You know, only get a few laughs in, but you know, like you said, it was, it's so dang expensive. Yeah. You know, I just was like, now nah, it's just not going to happen this year. I mean, at the least, I'm at least going to go and spectate or pit for somebody, you know. I just want to go yeah. and, I just want to go and check it out because they say it's so awesome. And it being right here in Atlanta, I mean, I'd just be dumb not to. The reason why I didn't go this past year is we had, like, some uh, some codes to do Battle Frog, and Charlotte was the last Battle Frog. It was close to us, so we went and did that the same weekend as World's Toughest. And I loved following it on everybody's Instagram feed. It was so cool to watch. But I was kind of glad I didn't sign up for it last year because it was so cold. Oh, man, that just looked so miserable. Ugh. It was like 25 degrees, I think. It was pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty tough. That's, that's, uh, that's a cold race, man. Yeah, and I was talking to uh, 
Mike Stefano, and I was like, dude, it was like 65 degrees down here at Christmas. <laughs> it's just one of those things when, I, when OCR comes to town. Yeah. Well, see, when you get in that cold water at Tahoe, you got to be pretty resilient to uh, get your body heat back going, you know, to not just freak out and get hypothermia, man. You know what? Yeah. When we got there on Sunday morning for the age group heat, as the, the the MC told us, now he's like, I'm not sure, but I heard they might close down the water today. Right. You know, everybody kind of cheered, and I was, part of me was like, No way, dude! Yeah, this is Tahoe. This is worlds. I mean, I know what I signed up for. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to suck. You know that water. Yeah. But the minute I crested that hill and I saw them like diverting us, I was oh. like, All right, cool, because uh, I was just <laughs> freezing. So and I was wet yet. <laughs> So, I, I remember seeing an interview with the guy that was, uh, I want to say he was running the Ultra. And he said that, you know, I wore my wetsuit for this whole race because I was anticipating there us to have to do the swim. So, I was pretty hot most of the day. <laughs> oh, that would suck. Yeah, that would suck. So, you being in Las Vegas and going to Tahoe, did the, the elevation... Did it, did it affect your breathing there? Could you tell a difference? You know what? Not So I where I live, um, kind of on the northwest side of town, I train, you know, I, if I do some trail running, I'm kind of right around 2,600 feet above sea level. Right. And uh, we got a mountain range behind us that uh, in the summertime, when it gets, you know, 110, 15 degrees down here in the valley, you go up to that mountain that's around 9,000 feet, and you can run in the, six, in the 60s or 70s. During the summer, I ran up. I drove up there every weekend, every Saturday, like four thirty, and did this six and a half mile loop. Right. And you know, honestly, I've never really felt any effects when I'm up at elevation. Uh, Big Bear didn't do nothing to me. Tahoe, I was fine. Like I've never, I've never really had an issue with elevation. Uh, huh. In fact, Tahoe, I felt good, man. I was that was actually probably one of my best races that I've wow. had. You know. So so yeah, no elevation so far uh, has not been an issue. That's kick-ass. I mean, because I've talked to some people, and they'll be like, yeah, man, it feels like you got somebody standing on your chest, and then you'll talk to somebody else, and they'll be like, I didn't even notice anything. So it, it, it makes me wonder if it's just like some people are just better at handling it than others. Yeah. I know, Big Bear, you know, you, I remember seeing people with, like, those one-time-use disposable oxygen tanks. Like, you know, it looks like a little one-liter bottle of soda. What? Know, like, what? Really? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not feeling that bad. And you get people hopping on these little oxygen tanks. What was that race at? Was that race at a high altitude, too? Uh, yeah, Big Bear's a, you know, it's a, it's a ski resort. Um, you know, we did it in, uh, It's tw- it was twice a year there. One year, they did it in, like, May and then October. Right. Um, but I think, I think when we did it, it was October. So, and it was cool out, but it wasn't really cold yet. You know, it's just not snow season yet. But yeah, it's up at elevation, you know. I don't, I don't know the elevation offhand, but but that was one thing I do remember people, you know, talking about the elevation and the hills. Yeah, I I watched the live feed for that championship race last year, and it looked like they had some of the steepest hill climbs I'd ever seen. It looked like they were they weren't far from going on to all fours at some of the climbs. They looked pretty steep. Yeah, it, we were there. Um, I actually didn't race that weekend. My wife did. Um, we have three kids, so sometimes, logistically, we can't both race age group at the same time right. and bring the kids with us. And, and our kids all got trifectas last year, so our kids do at least oh, three cool. races, too. You know, all three of them. That's so, cool. Uh, that was one race that I kind of, you know, opted to, to let my wife race. And, but, dude, that I ran alongside my kids. Huh. And uh, so the previous race, they, the kids did Vegas. Vegas is flat, especially the kids' course. You just, they just run you around a little motocross track. Right. So we're thinking, okay, yeah, the kids' race is going to be no way, dude. That they ran those kids right up the mountain. And, wow. I mean, I did the two mile loop with my oldest, and I was, I was tired. I was like, <laughs> kids, that, that's a legit kids' course, dude. Wow. I heard they were getting pretty. T- they were getting tougher, especially yeah, on the two mile. That was an awesome race. 
That's cool. So are your kids like, are they really into it too? Or is it just one of those things like, eh, we'll do it since we're going anyway? No, they like it. My, uh, they're five, seven and 11. And, uh, we've all, we made, everybody's got their own little buckets. You know, they all got them little like two gallon buckets and filled them up, you know, different, different weights for each kid. Oh, cool. We, we do bucket training. You know, they wear their little Spartan shirts everywhere we go. <laughs> That's awesome, uh, man. We went to Laughlin, Nevada, um, in November. That was the that was a pretty that was our last two races of the year. It was a sprint super weekend, and they also had the kids world championship there, which was you know because that, that brought out a ton of kids. Oh now, yeah, none of my kids were competing in the, for the worlds. They you know they they all run open, right? But uh, there's a ton of kids there, and yeah, they really like they had a they had a rig, a hoist. Like, no way! Like growing up size obstacles. That's cool. You know those kids love that there too. So oh, yeah. it's like a championship just for the kids. That had to have been awesome for them. Yeah, that Laughlin was great because Laughlin was also, you know, they, they put a lot into that race. You know, they, it was the first time it was a new venue. They had the kids' worlds there, uh, and they also had the parahead. Um, you know, like the four person teams yeah, for the people right. with the varying disabilities. And so there were there were kids out there. I mean, so there, you know, you had grown ups with you know missing legs, missing arms. You know, my kids are like, well, that guy's got no legs and my child look at him he's racing a spartan race he's got no legs and he's still racing you know there's guys with you know hooks instead of arms like my kids were just going you know they were in awe oh I and bet. there was a there was a kid there racing the kids race who had uh like the little forearm crutches right and and dude i loved his mom because she was she was not babying him at all just you know he's kind of running alongside he gets to the inverted wall and drops his crutches she picks him up and just like tosses him on the other side of the wall. <laughs> you know, you know, he climbs up and over, scrambles over, grabs him, and the kid was just ear to ear smiling the whole time. You know, it's like, you know what, mom, you're doing good. That kid's going to be hard as nails. You know, you're not babying him, and he's out here having a blast. And I was telling my kids, look at this guy. This kid's loving it. You know, he's you guys. Don't tell me that bucket's heavy. This kid's not complaining. He's he's carrying his bucket. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, man. man. It was a great race. I bet it was. That was really cool, though. I know uh, another guy interviewed Bruce Jackson. His son, uh, he went there, and I think he actually was in the competition part of it. Because I want to say Bruce went to one race, and his son went to that race. So it was pretty. It was pretty cool. He's got some good kids that are really into it. Um, but uh, so that Vegas uh, venue out there is it kind of like a desert, kind of like the. Uh, the Tough Mudder uh, venue is? Well, it, so in 2015, it was uh, it was south of Vegas, kind of heading towards California. And right. that was just a dust bowl. Totally dry. You had this one big mountain you kind of scaled, and then uh, just some little, you know, running through washes and stuff. Anything wet was water they brought in, you know, dunk wall. Yeah. The rope climb. This is when they had the water and the rope climb. Um, but the last, since then, they moved it. So it's actually... Um, kind of the other, you know, 50 miles or whatever, the other way outside. It's not even actually, it's right on the border of Vegas and Arizona. Arizona. You know, we all kind of call it the, the Vegas Zona race. <laughs> but it, uh, it's, you actually go through, the course takes you right through the Virgin River. So you actually, you know, it's a wet course for some parts of it. You know, you, you go through the river. I think last year they turned it around, so you actually went against the current. Right. So, you know, a little extra resistance. But there's no, there's some grass. There's a, they had two barbed wire crawls, and one of them, it's through like a big grass pasture. And then you get to the other one and it's like up and down like a little part of a motocross track. Right. So you get you get some green and you get some there's definitely some desert. Huh. Hey, if I was gonna fly to any race over on the west coast, which would be the best one you think to go to? Dude, if you're gonna spend the money to fly across coast, keep going and go all the way to Hawaii. Oh, shoot. That's too <laughs> you're, expensive. You're, you're already going to throw down, man. Go to Hawaii. We, we did the Hawaii trifecta in 17. Oh, I bet that was awesome, man. Oh, dude, it was. I would have to do the ultra if I went to Hawaii. I, I couldn't. There's no way around it. I would have to do it. Yeah, I wasn't ready for it at the time, but if I were to go back now, that the ultra is appealing. Did you do the whole trifecta? Yeah, we... uh. <laughs> So we yeah we raced this is back when we were racing open we didn't start racing age group till 2018 right. so yeah we did the beast the first day um, it was the first time I got across Twister 
and I, I shredded my hand oh. and tore my calluses off. I hate that. You know, and then I still had, you know, a couple more obstacles after that that were all grip strength, and, you know, so I did a lot of burpees that day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it was, dude, there, you know, a lot of climbing, you know, a lot of, it was humid. I'm from the desert where it's dry, so the humidity kind of, you know, did a number on me. Right. And, uh, you know, we wake up the next day and it's like, oh my God, we have to go do all that again. Twice, <laughs> you know, shorter distance, but, you know, just as many obstacles. So, you know, the second, and it's all, it, they do it like, you know, on like movies that like Jurassic Park was filmed in that yeah, place. Like and, Kong know, or whatever, you know, Kong <laughs> Island or whatever. Yeah. So like on the Super, we actually brought a phone and we kind of took our time and, you know, we snuck off course and got a couple of pictures. And then oh, heck yeah, that's By cool. the time the Super was over, you know, you get your banana and your cliff bar and you're like, all right, we got a sprint to do still. Let's just get out there and let's just, <laughs> let's just get it done. Yep. That's yeah. kind of the way it is in West Virginia. We tried hard on the Beast and the Super, but on the Sprint lap, we all just get together and have a good time. So, you know how, like, age group for last year, you know, I was 30 to 39, and we had some people that were in their 20s and people that were 40 to 49, and we all wanted to run as a group. So me and my buddy Jason, we were 30 to 39, so we just run up to the top of the hill and just hung out for about 15 minutes until they come out. <laughs> and then we just all stuck together and run the whole race together. That's kind of like our our fun race of the year, you know, is the sprint at West Virginia. Yeah. Even though we yeah, still I were like an age group, we, we just run it for fun. But yeah, West Virginia is a cool venue, and and that's what's kind of messed up too. Is is they got Hawaii and West Virginia on the same weekends? They've done that, I think, two years in a row. Oh, I, I thought they, I guess I thought they were like back to back weekends. But yeah, it's uh, you got to pick one or the other. I guess even even if they were back to back, you know, the, the financial uh, impact of doing both. I mean, yeah, not not mine, not for me. <laughs> I might be wrong. I thought they were on the same weekend this year. I might be wrong. You may be, you may be right. I'm, I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> so uh, you said that you and your wife, y'all trained and y'all did a Tough Mudder. Now, and it sounds like you prefer Spartan over Tough Mudder. So what what was the pros and cons between running a Spartan race and running a Tough Mudder? Well, you know, so yeah, we ended up doing that first year, 2015. We did the Vegas Tough Mudder. And um, we did it with our same little team of people, the guy that my buddy that I just partnered with. So I actually raced with him again. And uh, You stayed uh, with him this time. Let's, let's. Yeah, we got <laughs> out together. We had a team of five of us. And um, uh, we had a blast. And then uh, we, we went back and did Tough Mudder again in 16. Right. Um, just me and her. Nobody else wanted to do it. Nobody else was up for <laughs> a second time. But, but then for the next two years, the Spartan Beast, the SoCal Beast, has been the same weekend as the Tough Mudder oh, wow. in Vegas. So kind of given the choice, especially, you know, we kind of were chasing our trifecta the last couple of years. It was like, well, is it you know, Tough Mudder or, or, or a beast? Um, this is actually, this year they're actually on opposite weekends. So we're actually oh, cool. planning on doing Tough Mudder again this year. It, it makes you wonder if, you know, one company waits for the other company to put their schedule out first so they can schedule their races at the same time so you have to make a choice whether you do one or the other. I totally thought that's what happened. It's yeah. like, you know, they're trying to see who, you know, basically you know, who's going to pick us over them. Yeah. But, yeah. Jacksonville's the same weekend as Savage. people that are going to do both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that they don't do that because I want to see all the OCR companies thrive, you know. I, I have a little bit of love for all of them. I know a lot of people don't like the terrain race, per se. I mean, if there's a terrain race local, I'll go to it and run it. I mean, I'm probably not going to travel a long way to go do a terrain race, but I just want there to be... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I want there to be diversity in OCR to where, you know, well, I don't like this race, so I can go do this race. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I, in all of this, and like we were talking about before about Tough Mudder being, whether it's financial problems or if they've just chosen to make a change for other reasons, I hope it doesn't affect their sales for 2019. I mean, I'm sure it will a little bit from the, the upper elite side, 
but I, I want to see them prevail and maybe get back on their feet to where they can, you know, offer that for next year, you know. I, yeah. I, I don't want to see a big company like Tough Mudder, you know, have to close the doors, you know. No, definitely not. Like, I, I like Tough Mudder. I, you know, I, I wish I would have had the opportunity to run more of them over the years, but, you know, like Tough Mudder, they're expensive. If you're kind of running with a group of people, you know, these, they have innovative, awesome obstacles. You know, a lot of them, you, you need teamwork. You know, you, you get out there by yourself, you're going to have to click up with some people to help get over some of these obstacles. Whereas, yeah. Spartan, you know, it's it's a it's a one man. You know, you you can't have assistance if you're running competitive. You know, it is up to you. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's I like that difference. You know, I like that. You know, you you put a team together and you got to help each other up the wall and you know drag each other through the electric shock therapy. Yeah, I got it. I need to do one. It's just, man, I try, I try to take advantage of my past through Spartan, so I try to always hit every single one I can that I can afford to that are close by. I mean, the the main reason why I run Spartan is I love OCR, and it's more, it's the most affordable way to run more races through Spartan because you buy the pass, and they have more races on the East Coast than any other brand, so. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It brings some of that stuff over the West Coast, man. Like, I'm always, you know, messaging, like, Savage Race and all these other, you know, yes. West Coast, you know, come out to the West, man. Come to Vegas. Man, Savage Vegas is fun, is dude. Just the big two. I did Savage last year, and it was it was a blast, man. It's a, it's a really cool race some a lot of eccentric different obstacles that are grip intense and it, it's fun you know you fall off you know you just try it again and, and no burpee penalties or nothing like that man it, it's really cool it's it's really fun to watch and they had a lot of the tougher obstacles where you could watch them too it, it was a really cool race i enjoyed it a lot yeah yeah i'd, I'd like to do one you know we've we've done as many events as we can, you know, outside of Spartan and Tough Mudder, you know, any, any little, like, terrain race comes to Vegas, we've done terrain a couple times, and, you know, they're coming back in the fall, we, we did the Badass Dash, we've done, like, there's one coming up, actually, in a couple weeks that we're doing, uh, Epic Series, they've oh. kind of just been, like, California-based, that seems like just recently that, you know, they're coming, they're kind of getting out of California, they're coming to Vegas. They're yeah, I've heard those are pretty hard, too. It looks pretty cool. It's, it's a little, it, it kind of reminds me more of like a stadium race. You know, it's yeah. less running and it's just crammed in with obstacles. Right. Um, but then there's an elite wave. Um, you know, you do the race and there's a, every obstacle's got like a basic, intermediate, and advanced. And if you run elite uh, as a male, you have to do every obstacle on the advanced. Um, right. And then and there's a 15-minute, basically timed event afterwards. It's a separate wave that you do. And it starts off with, like, you have 90 seconds to pull a truck, you know, like strongman style from, oh, you know, shit. one point to another point. <laughs> and then, they, you know, they've got, like, Atlas Stone carries. and Maybe it's like an old S10 truck without a motor in it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> a little Chevy Love or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that one's cool. My wife actually ran into their street team at the gym, and they hooked her up with two free entries. Oh, cool. So we're like, yeah, right on, you know. We'll Can't turn that down. So I'm in. Yeah. Well, then, like, two weeks later, I, just like two days ago, I got an email saying, congratulations, you know, Ryan won two free entries for a mud run guy. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, but I'm, oh, I'm cool. already signed up. So, uh, so I kind of paid it forward and hooked up a couple other friends to come out and do the race. Oh, yeah. Make a day out of it. So, and you just reminded me that, so you're on the Spartan street team, and I know a little bit about the street team, but tell us what that's all about. I applied a couple times, like, over the years, and uh, never really heard anything back. Um, I just figured cause maybe I didn't have enough races under my belt, you know, didn't have the experience. You know, what well, we've been running for a few years, so I applied again uh, a few weeks ago and kind of forgot about it because I didn't hear anything. And then I got an email saying, you know, hey, welcome to the team. So I was like, cool, you know, that's, you know. what. Then, but then once I kind of find out, you know, what it's about, like, you know, they took me to street team at the when you exit every race. You know, they're the guys at the exit tent handing out the stickers and sign up with the, you know, yeah, giving you the soap and the stickers and yeah. you know, hey, just today only forty percent off. They're trying to get you to sign up for that next race, right? So I haven't actually, and it's 
you know, we all do it through like there's an app and a website, and when shifts become available, dude, they go quick. Oh man. Um, you know, and, and they expect you to you're expected to to work your you know any of your local events, you know, four hour shift. Uh, and the incentives are good. You know, you get. Yeah, I think the incentives are a little better than just your standard volunteer people that do like the builds and the you know marshalling on the course. Right. But it's a it's a it's a tough commitment. It's like a I think they want twenty four hours a year to stay on the team. Twenty four so, hours is that what you said? Yeah, you know, which you know, if you're doing it in four hour shifts and you know if you go to yeah. enough events, it's it's doable. Yeah, that's me, what six you know, events. You know, we we race as a family, and I got the kids races, and so I'm. You know, yeah. we'll see how it all plays out over the year. I don't want to, you know, I hate, I hate signing up for something if I can't fully commit myself to it. You know, right. I don't want to, you know, if these huh. people are relying on me to, you know, to kind of pull my weight and, you know, help them with the shifts. But, but now, you know, I just started, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Huh. I lost you for a second there. I don't know, we were talking about the street team, and you were saying that about your schedule and all with it. With the kids and right. them running their race, and yeah, I yeah, so you know, I, I'm I'm happy to be on the team. I'm just I'm hoping I can, you know, fulfill the commitment. You know, fulfill what the, fulfill what the requirement is to to stay on the team. But, you know, if you know, we'll see how it plays out over the year. Right, and so if if somebody wanted to sign up for uh, the street team, is there like a place you go on the website and apply for that? Yeah, so I think. Actually, I was uh, I was looking up something the other day on the uh, you know asking a question on the, the Spartan website. I think if you just go to like you know that the frequently asked questions, if you just type in street team, it yeah. pops up a link like you know how can I join the team, and it takes you to like one of those you know little Mailchimp surveys or something where it just kind of if I remember it just kind of ask about you know where you're at, what part of the country because they break you up by region. You know, I'm on the I'm on the Southwest team, right. Uh, you know, and I think they ask you, you know, like what races you've done, and you know, I, and I I can't remember, but I think you kind of there's a little spot at the bottom for you to kind of, you know, maybe you know tell them anything else that you want to tell them, kind of pitch yourself to them. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, it's cool. And so, did it say like you know what is what do you get for like the four hours? So I think for every I'm trying to think back, I think for every six hours. You get a free race. Oh wow! Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a little better uh, payout ratio than just your like regular volunteering. I know I know that the volunteering has kind of changed a couple times over the years. You know, I think back in the day, if you did like a build day, you get like a full blown free entry, or, or maybe it was two of them. Or you got two, two of them. Really good incentive. Yeah. yeah. In, in 2015, I volunteered at a couple of different races, and you got two free races. And then they changed it to where if you did a full build day, you got a free race and like fifty dollars of merch credit. So I, I don't right. know. I don't know what it is now because when they started doing the pass to where the pass started at, at December or started in January and went until you know December, that's when I quit volunteering because I was going to have the pass. And the only reason why I was you know, volunteering is because I wanted to have some a safety in case, you know, my pass ended in July and there was a race in August I wanted to do. You know, I was trying yeah, to prolong me there. having to buy the pass again. But yeah, I mean, I think the volunteers, you know. It's fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would love to, you know, i gotta got to get that red volunteer shirt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I got several of them. I like them. I, I think didn't they have like a dry fit one for 2018 too? Yeah, I think it was the same as like the uh, like the finisher shirts. You know yeah. that same material. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do any. Uh, the past couple of years, I haven't done any. I think the last time I volunteered was 2016. But uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, on a build day, man, they they work you. I mean, we worked hard on the build days. I think the the most fun is volunteering at an obstacle to me. That that was a good time. I enjoyed that a lot. I would love, I would love to be the guy stationed at an obstacle, uh, in a, in a competitive heat. You know, at, at an obstacle that maybe people are prone to maybe cheat a little bit on, or or one that you know people burp you out on. Because I'm going to be that guy that's right there, like, 
hey, buddy, I'm counting every burpee. <laughs> Just took around. Like, I'm going to hold you accountable. <laughs> yeah, the standard when you're running competitive, and, and I'm going to hold you to it. And I, I work. I, I worked the eight foot wall, and I was like, you know, doing a drill, sergeant. I've been like, get over the wall if you need help. Let me know. I will help you. You know, I was, I was getting into it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have a blast doing it. You know, and then like with the open, you know, sit there. And everybody runs their own race. You know, I'm not. Oh yeah. You know, so you know, so, but I, I think I'd have a blast. You know, talking people over the wall. You know, people get kind of nervous. You know, come on, you can do it. Let's go. Man, in in West Virginia. You know, it was the hurdle obstacle, I think, or it was like the overwalls. You know, it's not an obstacle where a volunteer is really needed. So, right. and there was like this shelter that was close by, and it was like a like a, a lean to shelter. And the volunteer, I mean, he looked like he was maybe fourteen or fifteen. He got on top of that shelter, and he was laying down like he was asleep. You know. And we were on our sprint, you know, so it was towards the end of the day, so. And uh, it was our, you know, our fun lap, and my buddy Michael grabbed a whole handful of, like, gravel rocks and threw up on that tin roof, and he popped up real quick and said, Good job! (laughs) (laughs) Wake up, buddy! Yeah, it it was funny. We had a good time. So, man, we're getting pretty close to an hour here, and I always... Always ask people these couple of questions here, and so I want to know what has been your best race, your your most favorite race, and, and why. Hmm, favorite, favorite and best. Okay, so that's kind of two different things. I don't know. So Tahoe was awesome. Just I mean, it was Tahoe. It was you know, it was the world. Um, you know, you had more vendors, you had more people, the course was great, you know, after that first big hill on the downhill, you kind of ran right through the, the little, you know, town, you know, so you kind of ran through this cobblestone walkway and there, you know, there were shops and stuff, so you had a ton of people there, I bet you know, was just cool. watching and, um, so that was a really cool, that was probably, I think Tahoe was probably my favorite race, um, performance wise. Man, I want to um, try to get out there. Overall. What's that? I want to try to get out there this year, I hope. Oh, yeah. If my wife's going to West Virginia. She's already qualified. So if, oh, cool. if she gets her ticket to Tahoe, we're going to Tahoe. But they're not having – they only have the Beast for open uh, if you didn't qualify. Yeah, that's and right. I'm kind of – I mean, I'm not a snob, but I've done enough age groups now to know that I don't want to run a Beast open. You know, I want to run it and I want to get out there and run a competitive. Oh, you'll be able so, to you'll be able to qualify for it this year, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna I I run every race like I'm trying to qualify. I mean, there's still a lot of guys, even with the splits in the age group. Yeah, I think my best finish was, you know, still in like the teens or twenties in my age group. So yeah, but now but, that they've split it in half. It's that's like right. half the competition in thirties. You know. Hopefully, the faster half. You know, is the, the younger guys <laughs> is in the other half. Yeah. So Cody, Cody stayed down in that age group. So that's one less guy I got to worry about. Right. So. You um, never yeah, know. Tahoe, I'd say, was my favorite. Mm. So what would be your race that you hated the most, was the hardest race? Which one was that and why? So hardest, I'm, well, the trifecta weekend in Hawaii, I did not hate at all. That was an awesome race it was tough it was one of the toughest races i've done just the weekend you know with the three yeah. races in two days it beat us up pretty good but i would actually say in 2016 my first beast was in socal and this was at uh pala they they stopped doing it in temecula and kind of moved it down uh not too far but in pala raceway same terrain same area tons of hills dude um and uh i ran it with my wife and I had, I ballooned, you know, I've got up and down the weight over the years, and at this point in time, I had kind of been slacking, so I was heavy again, I was out of shape. Fluffy. And I was dying in this race, you know, and every time you crest a hill, and you're like, oh, you know, I could we see another, I'm like, oh my God, another hill, you know, where's this going to end, I'm, I'm dying. Yeah. But she was, you know, you know, I failed a few obstacles, and I'm doing burpees, and it was hot, it was like September. <laughs> 
That just and, uh, makes it even better. The, the pinnacle was when I think my wife had just had enough of me bellyaching, and she's like, just quit being a pussy and get the race done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that just, I mean, that was like, okay, yeah. That was like the low point. I'm like, fine, let's just get through this and let's just get it done. You know, even my finisher picture, I'm just holding my medal. I just got this like, you know, forced grin on my face because I was just like, I was done. I was over it, you know. That's funny. That You're... race kicked my butt. Your wife sounds cool as shit. <laughs> yeah. She called me out and, uh, you, you know, yeah, when your wife calls you a pussy, man, it's not good. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we've all been there, man. Shoot, I'm still trying to cut weight from Thanksgiving. I I get fluffy and then I'll shed it and uh, I like food, so. I'm never going to be the guy out there with a six pack and a shaved chest. <laughs> That's like that was like my vain kind of goal. Like I want to run. A, I want to be one of those dudes that can run a race with no shirt. No, oh, I uh, do it all the time. I don't know. That I I don't look good doing it all the time. But <laughs> I tell people I got more hair on my chest than half of the heat I'm in does. <laughs> hey, it's all good though. So. All right, so last question. What is your race ritual? Like, what do you do before the race starts, like, during the race, and then after the race? So, you know, as I've evolved as a racer, it's gotten a little cleaner, but, uh, um, you know, I, uh, like, on a sprint or a super, I usually don't even eat breakfast. You know, I do all my training fasted. I do all my working out, my running in the mornings right. fasted, so... To go crank out an hour, an hour and a half race on an empty stomach, I'm good with. Um, you right. know, maybe like a little cup of Greek yogurt or something, or uh, you know, they have these little Jimmy Dean, you know, pre-made sausage egg. You just microwave the egg and it's got like bacon. You know, I used to do those. Yeah, um, those are good. But now my last few, I just you now I've gone out there fasted. You know, just on an empty stomach. I don't, I don't race with. If I have any food in my gut at all, it's just, just not going to end well. Like I just. I gotta have an empty stomach. I'm taking those like cliff shot blocks halfway through the race, and right. they're like candy. So I probably had more than I should have, and then 30 minutes later, I'm like, you know, I don't feel good, man. I can feel <laughs> bouncing around in my gut. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so we, you know, we typically uh, the, the day that they post the map, you know, I'm, I'm always doing some recon ahead of time. I want to know the course. I'm Google Earthing it, trying to figure out, okay, <laughs> where's the where's the festival grounds? Where's the, you know, I'm looking at, like, Street View, looking for, like, mountain peaks. So, I, I by the time the map is published, you know, by the time that day is over, I've already kind of got the course mapped out in my head. I'm like, all right, I know there's a water station, you know, here, here, and here. You know, I know that I got to, you know, conserve myself because there's a gauntlet right at the bottom of the slope. You know, I, I do my homework. You know, you figure, we train for these races. I'm not going to go in with blind if there's a map out three days before. Yeah, and, and I do the same thing. I know a lot of people out there, they'd be like, I wish they didn't have a map. I like being surprised. And, you know, I mean, I think it's fun kind of nerding it out and trying to be, you know, think about, okay, so I can turn it on here when I'm there. You know, I, I enjoy doing that. I want to know, like, where's the bucket at? You know, where's the sandbag at? Right. You know, that's fun to me. Yeah, so, then, you know, then if we've got back-to-back races, like, if, if it's just a one-day thing, yeah. you know, we, we would usually go out and do, we'd find, we, you know, we'd start looking on Yelp or, you know, whatever town we're in. Okay, who's got a good all-you-can-eat sushi place? You know, nah. let's, let's go let's go get our victory meal. Yeah, if, I do if the If we got a race thing. the next day, you can't always do that, you know. you got to kind of, you got to think about the next day, so... I don't um, know, I pretty much eat, like, trash the day before the next <laughs> race, too. <laughs> I take uh, advantage man, of a race I, I, weekend. I look at snacks and I gain weight, man. I got to watch it. I know. I'm bad about it, too. I think I'm the only person that can, like, go to Killington and run the ultra, then run the sprint the next day and come out of the weekend and gain fucking weight. <laughs> Five pounds heavier, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> run over, you know, 36 miles and come out of the weekend and gain weight. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I like food. So, so all right, Ryan, man, I'm pretty much out of questions, dude. Is there anything you want to add to this? Is you got like an Instagram you want to plug for people to follow you and check you out, dude, or Facebook? 
Yeah, you know, I, I don't do a whole lot on the, on the Facebook. It's kind of more of a, you know, keep it up with the family. But, dude, I'm all over Instagram. I kind of just got on there again, and I used to have one, and then I didn't have one. But, no, I'm, so I'm a Sin City Rhino, uh, R-Y-N-O, kind of a kind of a play on my name. You know, people like, kind of got called Rhino. Right. Up. I don't know if it's because I was a big guy or if it was, you know, because I <laughs> But, so my last name is Tally. Uh, and in kindergarten, somebody figured out to call me Tallywhacker. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing before you said oh, yeah. that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if I, if I use the name Tallywhacker, I'd probably get flagged on Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, probably if you use that hashtag, it might... Uh, might hashtag Tallywhacker. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome, dude. Well, hey, Ryan. Man... I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, man. Uh, take it easy, and good luck in Arizona next weekend, bro. All right, definitely, man. Thank you. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Right. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Ryan Tally, hashtag Tallywhacker, again for taking the time to talk to us. If you got a story that you would like to get out there or just talk OCR, hit me up. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and leave reviews on iTunes. I think I'm going to start reading the reviews at the beginning of the podcast instead of the end so everybody can hear them. Next race coming up is the Spartan Super in Jacksonville, Florida. This is a new venue. It's not the first time it's been in Jacksonville, but this is a new venue at Jacksonville. Hope to see everybody down there. Come up to me and say what's up. We'll see you down there at the next race. Peace. Thank you.